If you have your Bibles with you, turn to Ephesians chapter 5. If you don't, lean over to the person beside you. Ask them to turn to Ephesians chapter 5 and then look over their shoulder. And I know that might be rude, but we need to be looking into the Word. Uh, as we turn to Ephesians chapter 5, those of you who are here on Wednesday night say, Oh, I, I know a little bit about that. We, we talked about that in class on Wednesday night. We did. We uh, really focused in, starting in on verse 15. Uh, and for those of you who are NIV users like myself, there's a word that's translated as live that in the Greek could also be translated as walk. It says, be very careful then how you live or how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. And as we talked about on Wednesday night, that imagine that you are in your kitchen and you drop a, a cup and it breaks and there's glass everywhere and you're there with bare feet. And you're going to be very careful, very cautious about how you walk and where you step. You're going to look out and plan, how can I get out of here so I can go get the broom? Or how do I call my wife? How do I get this cleaned up so I don't end up with a shard of glass in my foot? And in the same way that we would be very careful, that we would be so cautious in trying to walk past that glass without stepping on it, our spiritual lives, we should exhibit that same type of caution as we walk in our spiritual journey. You see, our spiritual lives will never end and they are far more valuable than our little toes. But as we talked about, we can get busy and we get distracted. And we, we, when we get distracted and busy, we become tired and cranky and frustrated and anxious and overwhelmed and even self-absorbed. So much so that we lose sight of the fact that spiritually we're walking around with bare feet near glass that can cut. Basically, we just lose focus. And we closed out last Wednesday night with the, the analogy of one of those old-time radios that had the dial that you'd have to change and get just right. And if you happen to have that radio with a dial inside a car, that made it even more difficult because then as you drove around and got further away from that signal, you might have to adjust it even more. And some of those knobs were just so fickle, if you didn't have it just in the right spot, you were left with nothing but static. As Christians... And as we're going to read in Ephesians chapter 5, it's so important to stay in tune so that we can hear the Word of God and live it out in our lives. So I'm going to have a special guest come up here. Gracie, will you come help me today? I don't know that Gracie's been up here. She's been excited and nervous about some time when Dad might bring her up here. Are you anxious? Yeah. Are you excited? I'll give you an option. Do you want to stay standing or you want to sit down in the chairs? You want to sit down in the chair, so you're going to come help me. You don't have to get the chair, but you do have to get the table for me, okay? So we got to, we're going to go this way with it. So we're going to turn it, and you got to pull. Okay, I'm going to let you keep pulling. You got it? Just keep on going. I'm going to get the chairs. That looks good right there. That's right there. There, there we go. Okay, so here we go. And I'm going to set a chair here. I'm going to set a chair over here. And then I want you to sit in this chair. 
Can you come sit in this chair? Can you make it up there? I got it in a little tight. There you go. Okay, you're in good shape. I'm going to sit. Nobody's here to help me get in my chair, but I think I can handle it. So this is going to be simple. We're just going to play a game. Okay. I just want you to imitate me. So whatever I do, you do. Do you, you got that? Oh, so you're already ready. So if I raise this hand, you're going to raise this, your hand too. Well, I want it to be like a mirror, so I want you to raise that hand. There we go. You're doing really good. You're doing really, really good. What about your legs? Oh, ooh, a little tricky there. Your, oh, your legs are swinging too, aren't you? You got that one up? You got that one up? Go Cowboys! You have to say go Cowboys. Go Cowboys! Alright, you love the Cowboys, don't you? Okay, hands down. Okay, you think you got this? You, you feel really good about this? Okay. My legs aren't moving, by the way. Are your legs moving? Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Okay, so you think you can handle this? You could do this all day, couldn't you? Okay, all day long. Okay. I was clapping. You're, you're done. Good job. Okay, you ready? We're going to get down now. I'm going to move first. Okay. Now come give me a hug. Okay. Okay, go sit down. Good job. Thank you, Gracie. So what we're going to do this morning, uh, to me, if you're a Star Wars nerd, kind of like I am, I'm, I don't have a Chewbacca outfit or anything like that, but one thing I love about the Star Wars is how they chose to make the movies. For those of you who know a little bit about them, there's a total of nine different books. They actually started out, I guess it was maybe in the late 70s, early 80s, is when they had the first three movies, which happened not to be um, books one, two, and three. Those were books four, five, and six. And then years later, they made a terrible mistake and decided to add in Jar Jar Binks, which was awful. But they actually went back and did one, two, three. So they did four, five, six, then they did one, two, three, and then they jumped to seven, eight, nine, which made it really tricky because as it went on, the, the older movies seem, they seemed to have more high tech stuff, even though actually it happened before, and it became a mess. So I hope that's not what happens this week. But last week, and on Wednesday night, as we talked about, we started out in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. We started in the middle of the chapter. But now, we're going to go back to verse 1, and then on Wednesday night, we're going to leap forward back over, and we're going to start in verse 21. So, you already have your Bibles opened up to Ephesians chapter 5, or at least your neighbor does. And so I want you to listen as Paul says this to the church in Ephesus. He says, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children. And I want to stop right there. This word imitators is the word mimiteo. Okay? I'm sorry. Mimitai. Okay? And that is where we get our English word what? Mimic. It actually means to mimic, that we are supposed to do as Jesus does. We are to be imitators. If we look back in Leviticus chapter 19, 
It says, be holy as I am holy. Jesus says in Luke chapter 6, He says, be merciful as your heavenly Father is merciful. And in Matthew chapter 5, He says again, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. He's saying, I want you to mimic Jesus. I want you to imitate God. His attitude, His actions, and His love for other people. In the same way that I was up here, my daughter, as a dearly loved child, we are dearly loved children, that we imitate Jesus. Now, I don't know if you really thought about that, but I thought it was interesting that Paul, who's not even a father, never had any children of his own, would talk about how little children love to model, to imitate, and to mimic their parents. I can remember as a young child wanting to do what my dad did. When my dad mowed the lawn with the lawnmower, I was chasing right behind him with my little plastic lawnmower. I wanted to be just like him. When my dad, because his profession, he was a policeman, I wanted to be a policeman. I can't count how many hours I rode on my little huffy bicycle around the neighborhood and I would just pedal real slow until all of a sudden I imagined that there was a bad guy. And I would start pedaling as fast as I could. Woo, 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 woo. I wanted to be just like my dad. The food that he ate, I would want to try too. I'll eat that. Whatever my dad said, that's what I would say. I wanted to model, I wanted to imitate, I wanted to mimic him. And this is the same concept. That just like little children who follow around their mother and their father modeling them, that's how we should model Christ. He says, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave Himself for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Well, this is where, guys, this kind of gets real for us. Because this is no longer, you know, imitate Jesus in the fact that we like to go to wedding parties. That's something that He did. It's not simply we should imitate or model Jesus because He was a woodworker, or He wore a robe, or He walked on water. The example given here is be an imitator of Jesus who would sacrifice Himself for each one of us. So, is Paul saying, go get some wood and some nails and let's just all be crucified? Is that what he's talking about? I think what he's reminding us is that there should be no extent, no ending to the love that we have for other people. And no, I'm not suggesting that we all go out and 
allow ourselves to be crucified out here on Joe Harvey. What I am saying is that in our relationships with our spouses and with our children and with our co-workers and with our neighbors, with humility, we should sacrifice and we should care and love for them. So now we're going to keep reading in Ephesians chapter 5. And this is where it gets a little awkward and you think, well, here we go again. Paul has got another list of all the things that we can't or shouldn't do. It's, it's Paul the killjoy coming out again. He says, but among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure. No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man is an idolater, may, has, may have any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath has come on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. So here we have another list from Paul that says don't do this and don't do that. This displeases God and it's not really what you should be doing. Okay, we got this. He does this all the time. Here we go again. Can we just skip this part? Why would Paul feel like it was necessary to talk about the idea of not being sexual immoral, not to be idolaters or fornicators, not to give in to obscenity or impure talk? Well, for one, you're not really following Christ if that's how you live. You're not imitating Him. You're not modeling Him. You're not following in His footsteps. But notice, not only not only are you not following Him, you start to lose sight of Him. You, you can't see where He is. And it's harder to imitate and model and mimic someone who you've lost sight of. Because he says in verse 8, For you were once in darkness, but now you are children of light. For the fruit of light consists of goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases... I'm sorry... And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them, for it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. Okay, Gracie, can you come back up here? You didn't know you were coming back up again. But we're going to do this one more time. Are you ready? Okay. You did a really good job the first time. You think you can do a really good job now? Okay. I got to do one more thing though. I know I don't know if y'all see on here. She's got her little uh, a sweatshirt on, sweater on, and it's got a cute little unicorn. So I want you to match it. I have we have a little unicorn. There's a little horn right here, and so we're gonna put this on. Okay, here we go. Face face the right way. Okay. 
Okay, you ready? Okay, here we go. And go. Are, are you going to imitate me or not? Hey, I love you and you're sweet and beautiful and wonderful and you're doing a terrible job. Why are you doing such a bad job? Because I can't see. Because you can't see. So you're telling me that if you could see, you could probably do a little bit better. Okay, so basically you're telling me and all of us what Paul was saying is that you can't live in darkness, okay? Because you won't be able to, mi uh, to mimic or model. So what do you need to do in order to, to mimic me? What do you have to do? You need to take off the, the, the blinder, don't you? Okay, so why don't you take it off and let's try again. Okay, you ready for this? This is going to be hard. Dad's not good at this, but you ready? Here we go. Is that right? Is that isn't that the isn't that the dance move? All you kids, you know the Fortnite move, right? Did I do it right? Why? No, probably not. I need to work on that. But you still did it. Okay, very good. I love you. Okay, this time you can go sit down. We can't follow Jesus if we have allowed. Life to consume us. If we've become self-absorbed or overwhelmed. And sometimes it's with really dark, seedy things. And sometimes it's just stuff that kind of get in the way. But we can't model Jesus if we're not looking at Him. I love what the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. He says, since then, since you are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And he says this, he says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith, for who the joy set before Him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Focus on Jesus. What does idolatry do? It says, I'm going to focus on my job. It says, I'm going to focus on my house. It says, I'm going to focus on my car. It says, I'm going to focus on you fill in the blank. It's putting something above God and you start looking at that something. And it can be a good something, people. It can be. It can be focusing on sports, which can be good and wonderful and healthy. It can be focused on money, and money can be used to glorify God. It can be focused on a career. Jesus never says, Paul never says, you guys need to be lazy and don't do anything. But we have a job so that we can glorify God. We have money so that we can glorify God. 
You have a place to live so that you can glorify God and a car to drive so that you can glorify God. The money in your wallet is to glorify God. Let our focus stay on Him. And this morning, I want to close out with the same challenge, the same call that Paul gave as he ended out verse 14. He says, Wake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. I love that verse. I love that verse because not only when we wake up and open our eyes will Christ shine on us, but as His light floods our face, others will see the reflection of His light in our lives. Focus on Jesus. Look for Him. Mimic Him. Model Him. Imitate Him. In whatever ways, let His light shine on your face so that others can see Him this week. And so this week, that's my challenge to you. Look for Him. Search for Him. Seek His face. And let His light shine on you. May we be those who shine His light this week. Let's do it all this morning as we stand and sing.